This is the Daily Signal podcast for Thursday, June 29th. I'm Brittany Allen. New England fishermen are facing growing regulations. From the amount of fish they're allowed to catch to a whole section of ocean, they can no longer work because of offshore wind development. According to Maine fisherman Jerry Lehman, the regulations have placed all New England commercial fishermen at risk. That is why Lehman and Dustin Delano formed the New England Fishermen Stewardship Association. The association exists to advocate for New England fishermen and preserve the craft of fishing for the next generation. Lehman and Delano join me on the show today to explain their fight against government regulations, not only to preserve their own livelihood, but to ensure that America doesn't become dependent on foreign nations for our fish. Stay tuned for our conversation after this. As conservatives, sometimes it feels like we're constantly on defense against bad ideas, bad philosophy, revisionist history, junk science, and divisive politics. But here's something I've come to understand. When faced with bad ideas, it's not enough to just defend. If we want to save this country, then it's time to go on offense. Conservative principles are ideas that work. Individual responsibility, strong local communities, and belief in the American dream. As a former college professor and current president of the Heritage Foundation, my life's mission is to learn, educate, and take action. My podcast, The Kevin Roberts Show, is my opportunity to share that journey with you. I'll be diving into the critical issues that plague our nation, having deep conversations with high-profile guests, some of whom may surprise you. And I want to ensure freedom for the next generation. Find The Kevin Roberts Show wherever you get your podcasts. It is my pleasure today to be joined by two New England fishermen and the leaders of New England Fishermen's Stewardship Association, Jerry Lehman and Dustin Delano. Gentlemen, thanks so much for being here and joining us on the Daily Signal podcast. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us. Well, as a, as a fellow New Englander, I do have to start by asking you all, where are you from in New England? Well, I'm from Harpswell, Maine. Okay. Uh, just below Brunswick. Yeah, no, I, I know Harpswell. Well, it's a very cute little town and great views of the ocean. And I'm from Friendship, Maine. Okay, okay, wonderful. So two Mainers, I love that. And how long have you guys been fishing? Uh, I've been fishing my entire life. Okay, Wow. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm 32 now, but I've been fishing since I was since I could walk pretty much. Okay, so. uh, Jerry, was your father a fisher? My father was a fisherman. His father was a fisherman. His wow. father was a fisherman. Wow. Uh, brothers, cousins, everybody in the family, pretty much. Wow. And Dustin, is that a similar story for you? Does does it go back generations that fishing gene? Absolutely. Okay. Wow. Amazing. So you guys, you've just founded the New England Fishermen's Stewardship Association in May. This is a brand new organization, nonprofit. The Association of Fishermen was founded. This is in your own words to fight against needless regulation and offshore wind development, threatening the viability of the American fishing fleet. Um, Jerry, how are fishermen being regulated right now? Just walk us through that a little bit. Well, right now we uh, do surveys through NOAA and the National Oceanic Atmospheric Administration. Uh, they place their survey vessel out to collect data, and then uh, we have a regulatory committee that assesses that data and then uh, assesses the catch limits that we are allowed to possess for fish. And then 
they've created choke species, which is being detrimental to all fisheries right now, um, making it so unviable for us to even make a profit. Uh, it's forcing boats either out of the industry or forcing them to lease their quota just mm. to make ends meet. Mm. Give us some, um, just some examples of how this affects you all on a day-to-day basis. Like, Dustin, for you, has your ability to do your job been affected by new regulations? Uh, Absolutely. I mean, Jerry and I are in different fisheries, but part of NEFSA is bringing, that's why it was created, to bring people in all types, in all the different fisheries around New England together under one umbrella. I've been a lobster fisherman my whole life, and Jerry's been a ground fisherman. The lobster industry has definitely faced some some serious challenges over the last uh, couple of years, specifically to do with the endangered North Atlantic right whale. And, you know, the government had a plan that they were implementing, a 10-year whale plan, which would all but eliminate the fishery, basically. It was, it was a reduction by 98%. Mm. And part of that has to do with the traps that you're allowed to use. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, I mean, each fisherman is allowed 800 traps, but in Maine, we don't really have any interactions with right whales um, in the last 20 years. About 19 years ago, there was an entanglement that they found some Maine lobster rope on, uh, but the whale was disentangled and set free. Um, so there has never been any direct links of Maine gear on any right whales. Mm. Well, I I was really fascinated by the fact that you all released a documentary when you launched this new association. And it's a full-length documentary that really goes in depth as to what is happening. And you all are sharing your personal stories. You're sharing the effects. So I want to take a minute and just play a clip of this documentary. You're going to screw up the migration, screw up the pattern. You're going to screw everything up. You know, everybody's like, oh, it's just being political about it. I go, no, I don't really care what side of the aisle you're on. I never have. I go, I've been at sea. I go, you know what? We don't talk about Democrats or Republicans at sea. I go, all we do is go fishing. You know, that's what we do. We're fishermen. We're harvesters. We just want to have the nukes taken off of our neck to do our jobs, which is producing food security for our nation. One of the things that you talk about in the documentary is these wind turbines that are being installed in the ocean. How large of a space are we talking about here? And and who is installing these wind turbines? Uh, right now, it's four nations that are taking most of the jobs uh, for the development and the implementation of the offshore wind development. The roll call area right now is just under 10 million acres, mm. which pretty much takes up almost... I would say most of the Gulf of Maine and right into Georgia's banks. Wow. And what does that mean for you? Uh, That means we're kicked out of the area. Uh, So these are viable fishing grounds that have provided our U.S. consumers with a high-end protein resource. And now we're going to be kicked right out of the area. So there will be no viable resource for the fishing industry to even implement for the U.S. consumer. So who made that call that... uh, these areas that previously have been areas where fishermen have worked are now going to be turned into these essentially wind turbine fields in the ocean? Well, that would be the BOEM, Bureau of Ocean Energy Management. Okay. So those individuals, they make the call, and then you said it's foreign nations, for the most part, that are actually installing these wind turbines in our oceans? 
Yeah, a lot of them are. Uh, Dustin. Yeah, there's a lot of foreign companies that are coming together with some of the groups here in the States as well. But a lot of them are majority owned by foreign entities. You know, a lot of these projects, there's, there's been a huge push in, in recent years to uh, combat to combat climate change with offshore wind. And unfortunately, the people that are pushing this through see more of an urgency to combat climate change than they do in actually protecting the environment that those, that these monstrosities are going to destroy. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I can see some people thinking, well, you know, obviously that that's uh, challenging to not be able to fish in the same area, but the ocean is big, so why not just fish somewhere else? Is it that simple? Well, no, because, I mean, we have the EEZ line, which is the Canadian-U.S. border territory, um, and this roll call area goes pretty much outside of 20 nautical miles off our shores all the way to the EEZ line, which covers primarily all of New England, the northeast New England region. Okay. So by implementing these things, I mean, we're talking about 900-foot monstrosities that are going to require more than a mile uh, variances between the anchoring chains and there's going to be no fishing viable inside these array areas so you're literally taking the bottom away from all wild harvesters mm-hmm. i i just want to add that the new england waters are very deep and so the technology that we're talking about here is is not the traditional you know piling style when wind farms that have already been developed in other places in the united states this is brand new technology that would be used here that these are floating offshore wind turbines. So you're talking about a 300 foot by 300 foot cement base with a turbine on top of that, um, you know, at heights over 800 feet tall, that, you know, th- maybe three times the size of the Statue of Liberty. And you're talking about three sets of anchoring chains that will hold them in place. And each chain is the size, you know, the link is the size of a pickup bed. And the scope necessary to hold these things in place is seven to one or as much as nine to one. And so you're going to have, with every tide change or every change in wind direction, you're going to have these things, you know, they're going to be able to pivot a certain amount, and that chain is going to drag across the bottom, and it's going to destroy all the habitat in its path. And that seems like something that would be of concern to environmentalists, no? You would think it would be a concern to environmentalists, but what we are noticing is that the only environmentalists that are present that are are advocating for a healthy Gulf of Maine are fishermen. Hmm. Wow. I was interested, uh, Jerry, as of May 1st, federal regulations will enforce um, what you say is an 82% reduction in haddock landings for commercial fishermen. Why are they regulating so much the amount of haddock, cutting it by 82% uh, that commercial fishermen can catch? Well, this is all based on their research vessel, uh, the Bigelow. Uh, the Bigelow went out, uh, like we said, we didn't do any surveys. The last complete survey we've done here in New England was done in 2019. Uh, now, prior to that, back in 2012, 2013, we had the largest abundance of haddock that our nation has ever seen. And then uh, fast forward a few years, and the assessments that were not completed showed they couldn't catch a haddock because they really didn't do any time doing any bottom trawl surveys. and the protocols in which they ran them were, were uh, I call ludicrous, uh, with no time and experience. And then when they didn't catch the haddock, they just turned around and walked it back by 84%. Uh, 
which is devastating to the New England, uh, the Gulf of Maine fishermen. Uh, I'm talking to a lot of the Gulf of Maine fishermen, and they're either going to be forced to tie up or they're going to have to venture out further out to sea, and some of these boats are not built for that kind of distance. Mm. So you're putting fishermen's lives in jeopardy by forcing their hand to go further offshore. Mm, wow. Um, Dustin, uh, I know one thing you all you all mentioned earlier was Canada, and um, obviously Canada is a competitor when it comes to the fishing industry, especially between New England uh, and Canada. Um, regulators are forcing American fishermen to use nets with a lower yield than uh, they are forced to use in in Canada. What's what's the result of that? Well, that's uh, the biomass of our resource, our fish resources, freely swim from one side of the border to the other. They don't know that there's a border. <laughs> so on the U.S. side, our U.S. fishermen are told to use a six-and-a-half-inch net. And meanwhile, on the Canadian side, they use a 5.2 square bag, which they get a higher yield for less bottom tow. And not only are we restricting the U.S. fishermen from harvesting our biomass and resource, but the Canadians are catching it. Uh, processing it in Canada and selling it back to the U.S., which directly goes against the market here in the United States of our regulated fishermen. All right. So, there, I mean, there's so many factors here that you all are are dealing with and working through. When did this increase in regulation start? When did you all really start to notice, oh, wait a second, we're, we're in an increasing amount being told what we can and cannot do? Well, for the ground fishing in, it's been going on for 40 years, you know, it's just a little and a little, a little cut here and a little added regulation there. And now it's gotten to the point where it's, it's choking the industry out uh, and the viability for uh, passing this heritage on to the next, to the next. Uh, this, it's, it's, become, uh, it's become crazy. I mean, we have less fishermen now than back in colonial days. And as, as a lobsterman, it would appear to me that They've managed to almost destroy the groundfish fleet, and now we're next in line. Okay. So with, with this launch of your new association, the New England Fishermen Stewardship Association, what is your mission? What is your goal here? To keep the resource viable for, the next, for our heritage, for the next uh, generation, to be able to process a resource for the U.S. consumer. I mean, we're talking about our food securities as a nation. I mean, not only when they overtake uh, the bottom with industrializing, um, we're going to be dependent on other nations to feed us with protein resources, which will hurt us further along as a nation. Yeah, yeah. And we also, you know, NEFSA plans to spend um, a lot of time addressing the science and, um, you know, trying to come up with better data collection methods and uh, have more of a, a transparency between the fishing industry and the data that they're using now. Hmm. More communication. Uh, how would you all describe your fishing community? What, what would you say about the fishing community in New England, how they operate, how fishermen think, and, and what they're feeling right now as they're watching their industry be really regulated? I would say, you know, speaking from someone who lives in a coastal community in Maine, 75% of the people in my town depend on the lobster industry. And most of the coastal communities are that way all across Maine. And so it's not just about the fishing industry, it's about the ripple effect. Mm -hmm. You know, we have 5,400 
commercial lobster fishermen, but those are all independent businesses. Those are all small businesses that um, are owner-operator. You know, it's not a corporate structure. You know, lobstermen go out each day. They have to be on that boat, you know, for it to get any work done. The boat can't go without them. And so you're talking about a ripple effect that would be devastating. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's huge. Now, what response have you all received? I, I love the fact that you're very honest on your website. You say, uh, you know, New England fishermen don't have a reputation necessarily of all getting along, but your call really is to to bridge a gap and for fishermen to come together with the common goal of keeping your industry alive. So are you finding that, that New England fishermen are, are getting on board and you all are able to lock arms on this? Uh, yeah, I mean, we've noticed, I mean, for generations, I mean, there's always been petty differences between the fisheries. Uh, but the things that are coming down the pipeline now and the regulatory and the wind, offshore wind industrializing, uh, this scope is bigger than any one of us. This is going to take every one of us to stand our ground. I mean, just from an environmental impact and a resource impact uh, for our nation and our families and the communities that are around these. Um, just like we said, I mean, our community alone, I mean, pretty much anybody who puts their hand in the water provides jobs for multiple families on the shores. So the outreach is like a tree of life coming from the sea going inshore. And if anyone wants to get involved, wants to support the work of New England New England Fishermen's Stewardship Association, how can they do that? You can go on our website at nefisherman.org and join as a member for just $10. You don't have to be a fisherman. We also have consumer memberships as well, and we have business memberships and association memberships. Great. Well, I want to give you all the final word. Is there anything that you think um, individuals need to know as they're um, as they're going to the grocery store and they're and they're buying their fish uh, as as we move forward as a nation here. Um, is there anything you'd like to add? Yeah, I mean, you should always buy local, wild-caught domestic market. I mean, the New England fishermen are the most regulated fishermen in the world. Uh, we're the most environmentally friendly. I mean, if we're talking about carbon prints, uh, footprints on these, I mean, you're not going to get a better product than you are here right in the U.S., um, foreign nations don't implement the regulatory part as we do here in the United States. I mean, it's heart-healthy product. It's not processed food. It's good for you and your families. Excellent. Jerry Lehman and Dustin Delano of the New England Fishermen Stewardship Association. If you want to learn more, again, you can check out their website at ne fisherman.org. There you can find the full documentary, but we're also going to add that in today's show notes. But gentlemen, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for having us. And with that, that's going to do it for today's episode. Thanks for joining us here on the Daily Signal podcast. If you haven't had the chance, be sure to check out our evening show right here in this podcast feed, bringing you the critical issues that are happening in our news cycle today. So check that out at 5 p.m. Also, take just a moment to subscribe to The Daily Signal wherever you like to listen to podcasts or across all podcast platforms and love seeing your feedback roll in. All right, thanks again for being with us today and we'll see you right back here around 5 p.m. for our top news edition. The Daily Signal podcast is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. Executive producers are Rob Bluey and Kate Trinko. Producers are Virginia Allen and Samantha Asheris. Sound designed by Lauren Evans, Mark Guiney, and John Pop.
To learn more, please visit DailySignal.com.